intermittent fasting could be the answer if you've stalled on your ketogenic diet journey. I know I've stalled and I'm looking for a way to maybe boost my weight loss and get some more energy and my brain going. So I'm pretty sure I'm about to start intermittent fasting. What about you? So sure, in fact, that we haven't eaten today. We have not eaten today. And this is the first time we haven't eaten breakfast in a quite a long time, actually. Yeah. Welcome to the Duster Mud Podcast, episode 34. Today, we're going to dive into intermittent fasting and how it pairs really, really well with the ketogenic diet. Yeah, definitely. My name is Rich. And I'm Shelly. And here we go. Here we go. So we've put out quite a few different videos, lots of different podcasts on the ketogenic diet, and we've talked about how keto works, about the liver producing ketones and burning fat in order to do that. We haven't mentioned, though, why. Like, what actually happens? Why does it work? So we thought that we would take a moment here at the beginning, because it's important, to talk about why. Okay. So the... Most important thing whenever it comes to a keto diet or weight loss of any sort is the hormone insulin. That's true. Insulin is the absolute ticket. And if we can get a handle on what's happening with the insulin supply, demand, requests, whatever you want to call it, if we can get a handle on insulin and understanding how that works in our bodies... We can control a lot of things. That's right. To include our pants size. (laughs) (laughs) We can. (laughs) One little thing and we can control a lot. Yeah. So what insulin does is it, and, and we've talked about this, but we'll just do a review. What insulin does is it controls the fat cells. So when there's insulin in the bloodstream, they turn the fat cells into a receive mode. Mm -hmm. They say, get ready here it comes. Mm -hmm. And so the fat cells say, open the doors and they're ready to receive. Mm -hmm. And as long as the insulin is in the bloodstream, the fat cells aren't sending anything out. Mm -hmm. They're only bringing stuff in. Mm -hmm. And our body produces that insulin Mm -hmm. as a response to glucose or sugar or, and carbohydrates. Right cause our body to produce that. Right. Whenever our body requires the glucose, it requires energy. And if the energy that is being used by our cells is primarily glucose, then once all of the cells have said, hey, we're good, we're good. I I I don't need any more. I'm full, whether it's our brain or our muscles or our organs, whatever happens to be at the cellular level, once all of the energy has been taken in, and there happens to be more. Sometimes right. we probably have have more running around in our blood. Then insulin says, hey, you can't stay here. You can't stay in the bloodstream. Right. You got to go somewhere else. And I have just a place for you to go. And I know the guy. So he goes over to the guy and he says, hey, I need you to let this glucose in because he can't stay in the bloodstream. Yeah. And they say, okay, we've got plenty of room. And if we don't, we'll just expand and make more. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So basically, but... Here's what we can do. We can tell insulin to stay put. Yes. And that's why the ketogenic diet works. Exactly. Is because the carbohydrates are so low mm-hmm. that your body's not spiking insulin. Right. And 
typically, at least we've mm-hmm. talked about, if you're eating whole foods that have fiber in them as well, right. even with the insulin, it's a very slow rise and then a slow decrease. Mm-hmm. So there's not just this spike of insulin, influx. this influx of insulin that's saying, store it, store hurry, it, store hurry, it, hurry. right? Yeah. And so that's, that's why it works. Mm-hmm. And the way that the keto diet makes it work is because the the demand for insulin, because the carbohydrates are low, yep. the glucose produced is low, the demand for insulin is low. Right. Right. So that's mm-hmm. that's sort of why keto works. Sure. It, it, at the cellular level, uh, right. in, in the body. Mm-hmm. It's all about the insulin. It's the hormone, and the body is basically doing what the hormone is telling it to do. Absolutely. It's a very smart system. Yeah. It really, really is. Yeah. And so... With that, mm-hmm. you can start to burn your own fat with the with the reduction of insulin mm-hmm. because the fat cells will now open up. That only happens though if you need the energy. Right? So if you're eating all the time. Mm-hmm. So let's it, just go with six times a day because we've been told for the past 30 years, you need to have three full meals and three snacks somewhere all in between six small meals, meals a day. Even, even if you are following the ketogenic diet or a ketogenic lifestyle and keeping your carbs, low, and keeping your carbs, low carbs, low, even if you're following that to a T, mm-hmm. if you're constantly eating, mm-hmm then there's no reason for your body to tap into its own stores. Right. Right? You so, nev- you're nev- there's utilization where you're using your own energy that we all carry around about, a hu- what, somewhere over 100,000 calories of energy in a normal-sized human being. A, someone with a normal body mass index mm-hmm. has somewhere between 100 and 200,000 calories stored. With a normal BMI. So as long as you are putting food into your system, putting energy in, you're, you're, you're feeding it. Right. Then the energy that has been stored, stays, you never, you never have to tap into it. That's right. Right. Okay. So a, a way, and, and what we did when we first started the ketogenic diet was we eliminated snacks. And so that yes, was that did. was a way to you start reducing the amount of energy that you're putting into your body. Mm-hmm. You've reduced the insulin now. You've reduced the amount of energy, and so you start to burn your own energies, mm-hmm. right? Your body goes from storage mode into utilization mode. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. With insulin in it, you're storing. Right? As long as, you're, as long as you're feeding it, mm-hmm. you're not utilizing what you've got. Mm-hmm. So with, with those breaks in eating, mm-hmm. you start to utilize the energy stores that you have in your body. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so buzzwords, intermittent fasting. All right. Let's talk about buzzwords. Intermittent fasting. It has been all over the internet up and down YouTube, talked about to the nth degree. We all got it. Every now and then, don't eat. 
that's pretty much what we would consider an intermittent fast. In between eating, don't eat. Don't eat. Right. Stretch it out for a longer period of time. Yeah. Some people, there is debate out there as to whether or not a certain amount of hours is considered fasting or not fasting. Let's just say put more time in between the times that you eat. Yeah. There's And there's different styles of intermittent fasting or some people adhere to one or the other mm-hmm. or say that one works better. You, you'll hear the the 168 or the 186 mm-hmm. those two are fairly popular okay and what okay so let's talk about those the 186 you're going to not eat for 18 hours right. and you are going to consume all of your food for the day in a 6 hour window that's right or so, the or the 168 is the same way same way don't for eat for 16, 16 hours you don't eat for 8 hours you do. you do all of the calories or all of the food that you're going to consume in that 24-hour period happens within an eight-hour window. Another one is 5-2. Right. That would be eat normally for five days, fast for two of them. Some do full fast for the 24 mm-hmm. hours. Some do a um, fast throughout the day, only eat one meal, mm. like eat a, a supper meal, mm-hmm. OMAD, or one meal a day, O-M-A-D. Mm-hmm. Um just eat that. And with the five, two, they do talk about don't make those two consecutive days. Mm. So put them, put eating uh, days in between them. And then there's the eat, stop, eat, stop. Yeah. And that, that would, that <laughs> every one other basically day, just every other day, eat, eat. Wouldn't that be almost like a 24 hour fast? Yeah. Yep. Constantly. Yeah. Okay, haven't tried that one. Probably won't. Right, probably that not. That just doesn't fit with my grocery needs. I do like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we have decided we're going to start doing some inter- intermittent fasting. The reason is because if you want a boost in energy or if you want to gain the 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 clarity in your mind and get any kind of clean out going that they talk about on the fasting, you've got to go longer in between meals. And so we've decided, Hey, let's go longer in between meals. The other thing that happens with the intermittent fasting is the amount of time that your body is without insulin is extended. Mm -hmm. So anytime you eat anything, your body produces some insulin. So when you go those number of hours without eating at all, the that number of hours now you don't have insulin. So somewhere between thirty minutes to two hours after you eat, the insulin goes away. And then the longer you extend that, then the longer you have to use your own stores. So the insulin's not there. The fat cells reverse their course, right? Mm-hmm. They now say we're ready to give energy. When the energy is consumed that you just took in from your last meal and your body needs more energy, now you start using your stored energy. Oh my gosh, you know what it's like? What's that? It's almost like you're going to the gym and you're not. How so? 
Because at the gym, you got to go to the gym. Like you eat and you go to the gym and you go and you burn the calories and you watch it tick up ever yeah. so slowly on how right. many you're burning. <laughs> you go run five miles and you burn, you know, 24 calories. Um, I'm kidding, of course. But just by not eating and you can tap into burning your own energy stores just by extending it out a little bit, it's almost like you're going to the gym without going to the gym. Yes. And that's why you'll hear so many of the doctors that talk about the ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. They will say diet is king. Mm -hmm. Exercise is queen at best, right? Dr. Fung talks about diet is probably 95% with exercise being maybe 5%. Right. Right. The first thing you're going to burn when you go do that five miles on the treadmill is glucose. Glucose. You're not burning your fat. And then you're going to go through your glycogen stores. Right. And all of it's gone. And then when all of it's gone, that's when you hit that wall and go, I can't go anymore until your body says, oh, you're going to keep going. So we need to do something else. Right. And then what does it do? Yeah. I I believe, I, I think at that point it transitions and it starts burning Ketones. Ketones. Because it has to. Right. Because there's nothing else. Typically, though, at that point is when you grab a sugar pack. Yeah. And you... and you, Or you get off the treadmill. Or you get off the treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> like, whew, I can't go anymore. Right. Because it's hard to fight. fight. It's about a 20-minute situation right. it can be. You hit the wall and mm-hmm. that's about it. So if we start intermittent fasting and the people that are listening also decide, Hey, I want to try that too. What is the easiest way to get into this? What, how are we going to do our day? Are there any recommendations for the easiest way to implement something like this? Yes. First, the, if you are in ketosis, mm-hmm. it's much easier. A way easier. Because your hunger is not controlling your life anymore. So for the people that we know for a fact have said they're it, They've been doing keto for six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. You're there. Yes. You that's have, right. You're there. That, absolutely. Like you're ready for. So just like you don't have to be following a ketogenic lifestyle no. in order to do an intermittent fast. And you still get benefits of the mm-hmm. intermittent fast if you're not. Right. It just may be a little bit more difficult because you're probably going to feel more hungry. Right. At least initially. Right. So first for us, the hunger issue shouldn't be that big of a deal. Are you hungry right now? We haven't eaten yet. No. Are you? Yeah. Um, no, but whenever it's time for lunch, I'll be ready to eat. Fair. Okay. Um, the second thing is, like, how do you get started? Go a little bit longer in the morning before you eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. Just stretch it out. Stretch it out. For when, you homesteaders, get your chores done before you eat. <laughs> when you <laughs> when you eat your last meal of the day, don't eat, don't eat anything else after that. Okay. Don't have a bedtime snack. Mm-hmm. Eat your last meal. Make that your last meal. Mm-hmm. Now, you are fasting through the night. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's easy because you're sleeping. Extend that when you would normally eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. Extend that by an hour or two. Yeah. And then realize, okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe extend it another hour or two and you're now at lunch. Right. You've, you've worked yourself into, I can just skip breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so now you're at a, say, 12 o'clock, you eat lunch, or 11 o'clock, you eat lunch. 
eat your next meal at five or six o'clock whenever mm-hmm. you would normally eat your your evening meal mm-hmm. and then don't eat again after that mm-hmm. well, if you've gone if you eat your lunch at at noon and you're finishing your dinner meal at six mm-hmm. you've now done an 18 six mm-hmm. right you, you didn't yeah. eat for 18 hours and then your two meals you had within that six hour window you are now smack dab in the middle of intermittent fast. One thing that I will say is whenever we do eat lunch and we do eat dinner, they will not be small portions. We will eat the amount that we want to eat. We're not going to uh, calorie restrict. No, we'll carbohydrate restrict. We will definitely carbohydrate restrict. We prob- We won't have hardly any. If we do have some, it will be a big bed of lettuce or something like that. But we are not going to calorie restrict. We're going to eat meats and fats and good food and feed our bodies so that our body is satiated. That's right. Yep, we sure will. So now as you combine the two, which is what you're talking about, you're combining the ketogenic diet with an intermittent fast. Mm -hmm. Now both of them are are very good at reducing insulin levels. Mm -hmm. Both of them are very good at increasing your metabolism. Mm -hmm. Both of them are very good at mental clarity. So you take either of them on their own, do those things. Now you combine them and they both just boost. Mm. So if you're stalled with keto, Mm -hmm. this is a great way to break that to stall. boost it, to, to kick it in. Yep. Yeah. Go next level. Yeah. One of the reasons that we decided to do this podcast was because we've gotten that question a couple of times. Do you guys intermittent fast? We did for years, years ago. And then we moved to the farm and we had a lot of eggs and somebody, we had to eat them and we thought breakfast would be a good time to do yeah, that. I, that's the only reason we stopped doing That's the only fasting. reason we stopped intermittent fasting. <laughs> because so we had eggs. <laughs> for about two years now, we have not been intermittent fasting. And through you guys asking us, hey, do you? And some other friends of ours do. And we just got to poking it around, talking about it. And like, hey, you want to you wanna go back to intermittent fasting and not eating breakfast, basically, is what we're saying. Because we don't snack anyways. Right. So we're going to kick breakfast out. Yep. And extend the non-feeding period. That's right. For ourselves. And that really is like... All it is. That's all it is, right? Mm -hmm. You're just not eating for that period. Mm -hmm. It it, it can be a mental thing, right? Because in your brain, when you say, I'm fasting, that's that's like a thing. And it's the law. You're placing the law on yourself. And so I'm fasting means I can't eat. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you say, I can't eat, what do I think about? Eating. I just want to eat. Right? And so (laughs) so there are doctors out there, like Dr. Sivas, who says that uh, an 18-hour period is not a fast. Mm -hmm. That's just you're not feeding yourself. Right. You're just not eating. You're just not eating. So if you look at it, if you're having a, a, a mental, you know, if it's hard for you to say, I, I can't do a fast. Right. I, okay. Look, I get hungry and I'm not going to fast. Right. Okay. okay. 
maybe could think you skip of, breakfast? Maybe think about it differently. Yeah. Think about it as just, I'm not eating during those times. Right. Right. It's not a, it's not a fast. Mm-hmm. I'm just not eating. You know, you bring up a good point. The, the struggles that we have, especially with the times of day that we eat, when we eat, what we eat and the fasting being, being hard for for a lot of people, for most people, to include myself, I don't want to go an entire day without eating. I could, probably have. Yeah, We do it when we're sick. We all do it. But there's something within psychology that is makes it such a struggle for all of us to make make the switch to something that we've maybe even believe would be really good for us. Yeah. If you're talking about cognitive dissonance, the issue there is that you've, you've decided to do something like, I I believe that this would be good for me. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a decision there. There's a belief and a decision. I believe that fasting would be good for me. So if, if that's your belief, mm-hmm. then your behavior should follow that belief. Mm-hmm. And now you, you have cognitive consonants. It's all, t- everything is working together well. Mm-hmm. And when, when your actions follow your beliefs, mm-hmm. your, your brain is cool. Mm-hmm. It's when your actions don't follow your beliefs okay. that you start to mm-hmm. get stress and you start to have issues mentally, the things aren't working out quite right for you because you believe one thing, but you're doing something different. So if you believe fasting is good for me, but you're not doing it, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to just eat. Mm-hmm. And then before I go to bed, I'm going to eat again. Mm-hmm. And when I get up in the morning, I'm going to eat again. Yeah. Now, if you... if if your actions are different than your beliefs, mm-hmm. now that's when you can okay, start switch having that some around issues. and you, let's use a different, a different, uh, subject matter okay. on that sugar. Okay. Let's use sugar because I think that's just a better, I think it's a better example yeah. because we all fight sugar sure. because yeah. it's so ubiquitous in our yeah. culture. Oh yeah. Sugar bad. If, I if, believe sugar is bad for me. If you believe that, yeah. I, I'm going to say, I believe sugar is bad for me. Okay. I should not eat sugar. Okay. I eat sugar anyways. Now you have the issues. It, it's not, it, this has nothing to do really with your, your body, your physical body, like what you're doing with the sugar, right? So like this isn't mm-hmm. a, a weight issue. Uh-uh. This is a mental issue. This causes distress. This causes stress. This causes, I don't feel right. Guilt. I don't feel good. It causes I feel guilty. guilt. It causes these things. And the reason is because your actions are not following your beliefs. So there's a massive incongruency between my belief system or my values or whatever you want to call them, what I believe to be true and my actions, what I'm doing. Right. Cognitive dissonance. Yes. And it's so easy and it's so hard to fight these days because we're all been trained so much on for 40 years on what they've said is healthy for us to eat. And now 
some people are saying maybe that's not so healthy. We need to switch over here and eat this other stuff. But I've been eating this all. This is my belief system is to eat. So I think when you would get into cognitive dissonance is if you start to shift your belief. Okay. But your behaviors don't shift with it. If it's the, I still want to eat the potato chips. I'm, I now am starting to believe that maybe carbohydrates aren't all they're cracked up to be. Highly processed foods aren't all they're cracked up to be. A low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet may not be what it's cracked up to be. If you start to believe that, mm -hmm. but yet I still want to eat the muffin, yeah. I still want to eat the crackers, oh my gosh, the struggle I still is want real. to eat the potato chips, yeah. now as your belief system starts to change, but mm -hmm. your behaviors stay the same, yeah. now is when you start to induce stress. And so the, the way to get out of that mm -hmm. is... The easy one is change mm -hmm. your behavior, right? Like you said, you believe that it's bad. Stop eating it. That's that's like on on paper. I say that's easy, right? That's that's really difficult to do, yes. Because your behaviors are ingrained. Like you have trained your For body forty years. That this is what you're doing, yeah, right. And so uh, another way is just change your belief. Mm. Uh, I don't believe that. I don't anymore. believe that. I know that the the. They talk about carbs being bad, but I don't think that's actually true. Right. The USDA says I'm supposed to eat a high carbohydrate, low fat diet. So that's what I'm actually going to believe. Mm. And so you can either change your behavior, uh -huh. which is hard. Yeah. You can change your belief, which is also hard. Also hard, but yeah. it, it probably easier than changing but your But right behavior. now if you if you look at the dietary space, the health space of this country right now, we have some uh, some serious opposing forces. Oh, yeah. And yeah, such so that okay, now we're going to be keto and we're going to do all this intermittent fasting and we're all of these food changes, so I have to change my belief. Yes. What I believe about what is healthy and what isn't healthy. Oh, and right when you get done with that, because that's so easy, now I have to change all of my behaviors that are ingrained to me to, for the past 40 or 50 years. Right. And then we want to go off and say, personal responsibility, fix it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have cognitive dissonance in my mind because I cannot put my head around the fact I have to change all of these things, all at one time. It's hard. It's hard. The cognitive dissonance happens, though, once the belief has changed. Okay. So that, that's, that's where I would say, you're, it, it, if you're experiencing that, you could almost look at it as a a good sign. I, I now have a belief that this is bad for me. So if, if you're feeling that stress, if you're feeling that guilt, mm. I would say you're on the right track. Mm. You really are. It's not easy to change the behavior. And I get, I get that. Like yeah. I understand. Right. But if you're feeling that you're, you're getting there. You're good. That means mm. that your belief has changed. Mm. If your belief hadn't changed, you wouldn't be feeling you wouldn't the care. stress. You wouldn't right. be feeling the guilt. You wouldn't care. You would say, right. I'm following the USDA guidelines. Yeah. 
yes, I'm overweight and I feel bad and I'm metabolically <laughs> ill pressure, and I have high blood pressure I, and I'm taking all of these medications, but I'm following the USDA guidelines, mm-hmm. right? Your belief hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. There is cognitive consonance. Your actions and your beliefs are, are matching up. Mm. No stress there. No stress. The stress happens when you start to believe this might not be good for me. Something's not right. Something's, Something's wrong. Some, if, if, you're, if you start to change your belief system, mm. but you aren't changing what you're eating, yeah. now you have the distress. Mm. The other way that you, can, that you can level things out, so you can change your belief, mm-hmm. you can change your actions, right? Your yeah. behaviors. Yeah. The other way to, to level things out is if you just start justifying. Mm. Right. Well, I'm... I'm doing I, I, what they I, say. I, I, I'm doing what they say. Right. Or I really, really like it, though. Yeah. It increases my quality of life. It adds if, joy. If I eat this. It adds joy to my life if I eat this. The cake with my kid at their birthday. That's or, right. Or whatever the, the case right. may so be. As, yeah. as you start to pile on the the pluses of not doing what it is you yeah. believe mm-hmm. in your brain, at least the equation starts to equal out. Mm. So I, I'm not doing it, but there are so many good reasons why I'm not doing it. Mm. Now it, things start to calm down in your brain. Mm. I, I pile up enough good reasons to, why to tip the scales that I can tip the scales and get mm. back to some, some level of, make the distress yeah, go away to make the yeah. distress go away right mm. changing diet changing eating habits changing eating patterns like it is not easy no it is there's not. nothing about it that's easy we're talking in our culture in our society we're talking about a paradigm shift and we're not talking about just small Things. We're talking about an entire shift from one metabolic function to another. Yeah. And that is hard. I believe that the only way that any of us are going to be successful in making a paradigm shift within our within our lives is to is amongst ourselves within myself with you with you with our friends who are also on board with this change because i don't believe that they are going to get on board anytime soon yeah. i'm not going to say never but anytime soon there's just too much money involved. So with that, I think it's very important that communities like this, the people who are in it together and commenting to one another and encouraging each other to make those small changes or really, really big changes to include their entire belief system. Yeah. And whenever you're changing a belief system, you need a community of people around you that also feel and believe those same things to be true. And 
that's how we're going to be successful in, in our health journey, whether it's a ketogenic diet, intermittent fasting, just not eating the birthday cake, making those decisions to, I'm just going to make better health choices. I think it takes, it takes us. It takes finding someone within your life and in your community. If, if you have them and if you don't find a community like this and get in the comments section and dive into that community and find us or find someone who can relate back with you. Yeah, that has, that absolutely, that is very important. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So we have each other and we just now know that we're not going to eat breakfast right? <laughs> until otherwise decided, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a really good thing right now because our cow happy is not making milk. And so things like, milk and yogurt and things we enjoy for breakfast sometimes are not available to us. Although we can make butter, which is definitely keto friendly, heavy whipping cream, keto friendly. They're making some of our cheeses are keto friendly. So the milk that we do have remaining, we will turn into some keto friendly fats (laughs) and then we won't eat breakfast for a while. Yeah. No worries. If this video showed up in your feed, and this is the first one you've watched, but it interests you and you're wanting to know more about the ketogenic diet, we did do a video called The Nine Health Benefits of Keto, and I'll leave a link to it at the end. Please make sure to subscribe, like, and share with your friends and family. Until next time, bye y'all. Bye y'all.